listening to the Hyper Growth Podcast. Leveling up in life, business, sales, marketing, and mindset. And now, here are your hosts, Brian and Sebastian. This all sounds great, but I'm going to need to think about it. Yeah, so before we start working together, I'm going to need some case studies. I'm going to need to see your website and uh, send me some referrals. That's way too expensive for Facebook ads. That's not in my budget. I want you to think to yourself, how many times have you gotten these and many other objections on your sales conversations? Now, good news is Sebastian just went live in the Facebook group a couple days ago. If you're not a part of it, by the way, definitely join. Link will be down in the show notes. He went over these and many other objections in that live video, which you'll be listening to today. Today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We are going to be doing something cool today. This live is, as I said before in the post, to help you guys out with objection handling. Um, I see so many agencies struggling because they they can't seem to uh, get past these roadblocks that they're running on or, or running into on their calls. Um, it's like, almost feels like a, like a brick wall that no matter how hard they push, no matter what kind of witty lines that they can come up with, they can't seem to, to maneuver the situation, AKA the objections on their calls and actually get to the close. Have you heard, or have you ran into this objection before? Can we just pay you after we get some results? Like, can you get us some leads? Can you, can you get us some new uh, clients or customers first? And then we'll pay you. This is honestly one of my favorite objections. And you're probably like, what? Why would it be your favorite objection? And I'm gonna tell you guys why. Personally, and anybody who uh, has heard any of my recent sales calls, really, that would just be the people that are um, that we work with in agency hypergrowth, know that I relish in situations like these um, because here's why. What a lot of people fail to understand, and this, and I say this in, I'm gonna try and say this in the least offensive way with what I'm actually saying, is that. A very large majority of business owners are not that smart. In fact, some of them are actually pretty stupid when it comes to the way that they think about business. Okay, um, I'll give you guys a great example. Now again, I'm not knocking certain people, I'm just telling you what the reality is because that's ultimately what matters. For example, you take a plumber or an electrician or a landscaper, right? Or really any other, trade or, or niche, to be honest, a lot of people in those industries, what they do is they start off working as say a plumber and guys, again, I'm not bashing the plumbing industry. I think it's a great industry to work in, um, but here's some of the problems. So they work as a plumber and then, you know, after seven, eight years, they become what's called like a journeyman plumber and then they can become a master plumber. And at some point, eventually they, if they choose, they can actually go and open up their own plumbing company, get their own crew members, their own trucks, etc., etc. Here's the problem. They become an expert at plumbing, at the actual skill of plumbing, right? And so they go and try and start their business, hoping that that skill level is going to keep them afloat and get them, get them by. Problem is they don't understand business. There's a key, key, key difference there. They're really good at the thing that they know how to do, which is plumb, or I don't even know if that's the proper term, plumbing. They don't know that much about business. And so a lot of times their mindset and the way they view certain situations within business is absolutely screwed up. Okay. So messed up. And so the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because I want to give you some context as to why people will say something like, Oh, uh, can we pay you after we see some results? Right. And so guys, the, the, 
way that a lot of agencies will try and uh, get through this is like, oh, well, you know, we have to charge for our time because, you know, like we're going to put so much work into your blah, blah, blah. And what that's doing, as I've talked about in the past, is that's putting you on the defensive. That's the last thing you ever want to be doing in any sort of sales situation or communication um, exchange is being in what I call defense mode. Because then you're just trying to like back up your position, which is really one of the weakest positions you could ever be in, right? I always say like, will you find Grant Cardone or, you know, any, but name anybody that's, that's, you know, considered a top member or top player in the sales game. You're never going to find them in a sales situation trying to back themselves up and go into defense mode. And the reason being is because they know exactly what their worth is and they know what they're capable of. They don't have to defend it, right? It's like people that walk around that are in amazing shape, like they don't have to go up to every single person on the street and say, hey, like I'm in great shape. I'm in really good shape. Why? Because like they know they're in great shape and people can see it, right? So if you run into a situation like this, what you need to do is you need to call out your prospects on their screwed up way of thinking, okay? So if somebody says that to me, I would ask them a question and say, hey, um, Mr. Prospect, is it cool if I ask you something? Like, yeah, sure, of course. If somebody, and I'll use, say, um, a solar company, for example. Hey, Mr. Prospect, if somebody wanted to get a solar panel installed on their, uh, on their, in their home, um, and they came to you and said, hey, I want you to install the panel, like I want you to get all the, take, use up all the manpower, the resources, the time, the money. I want you to go through the entire financing approval process so I can get approved for the loan for the panel. I just wanna go from step A to Z, and I wanna get this solar panel installed in my home, on my roof, and then, Mr. Solar Company, then only if I like the way the solar panel looks and only if I like the way it's installed, then I'm gonna pay you. And I would ask the prospect, I'd say, hey, Mr. Prospect, if a, if a customer came to you and said that, would you accept? Would you say yes to that proposition? And the answer, if you're talking to a, just a half decent, smart business owner, the answer is going to be absolutely not, okay? And they're gonna say, no, no way I would, would I do that. And be like, 100%, man, exactly. We are in the same boat. That's exactly how I operate my business. So as a business owner, can you see how that would be a completely unwise decision for me to make, right? So what we're doing here is we're not trying to butt heads with them and kind of like crash into them head on and be like, well, you know, blah, 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 and start defending yourself because they objected with this statement. The idea here is to help them realize that their thinking and their perspective is actually flawed and then help them shift that way of thinking, which is not necessarily an easy thing to do, um, on the spot because they have their, their like preconditioned ways of looking at things, but that's the goal. And that's the idea is to change the way they're actually looking at the situation. Um, and if they say something like that, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons why they might not trust you. They might not see the value, right? But essentially that's what you want to focus on guys is raising their level of thinking in a way. Okay. Not trying to like argue with them. Cause that does not get you anywhere. That's like, 1980 sales tactics that don't work anymore. Okay. Next, I found, oh, I love this one. I have found others doing the same thing uh, that you do for a lot less. Like, hey, um, there's like seven different other agencies out there that are doing basically the same thing as you for half the price. Like, why should I hire you? If somebody says that, um, there's a few reasons why they might say that. Um, 
Number one, they might be price shopping, meaning they're just looking for the absolute best deal they can get, um, which is definitely not the type of client you want to work with in the first place because you want somebody who is coming to this situation with the mindset of, I want to get the highest quality work and the price is a secondary concern. You want people that their main concern is results and the quality of the service that you can provide, not the price. Okay. Um, so one way in particular that I like to handle this objection, if you will, is quite simply, I just ask them a question, right? I just ask them a simple question. So Mr. Prospect, prospect, excuse me, tongue twister. You've got these other agencies out there that I'm guessing you've talked to, right? Why haven't you worked with them yet? Very simple. Very simple. Why haven't you gone and worked with those agencies? Right? You need to find that out. What's holding them back from going and working with them? Another thing I like to say is something to the extent of typically Mr. Prospect, I have found that the level that somebody's willing to invest is usually a strong indicator of the type of results that they get. So if somebody's offering to do to, to do this service for you for five hundred dollars right? Then I'd implore you to go and, you know, go hire them if you want $500 worth of results or the type of results that you can expect for $500, right? Um, you just have to, again, a lot of this stuff is just really breaking down the fact that their way of thinking is extremely, extremely flawed and you have to help them just sort of break through that, which again, sometimes can be difficult because they're so stuck in their old ways of thinking. Other marketers have burned me in the past and didn't get me results. How are you guys going to be different slash how do I trust you? It's another really good one. If somebody has been burned in the past, uh, this is not a like one liner type of situation. And this is actually where a lot of agencies right now are getting tripped up with this particular situation. Um, so the problem is a lot of agencies approach this with like a quick little line that they try and throw out. Right. And that's the worst way you can possibly handle not only this objection, but honestly, most objections in general. And the same thing applies for this one. So if some, if a prospect tells you they've been burned in the past, the first thing you need to do is again, not to blurt out some line to try and like overcome it. Last thing you want to do, what you want to do first before anything is find out what exactly do they mean by they got burned. Okay. And now here's why this is so important. Honestly, this is like really, really powerful stuff um, that typically we only you know share with our clients at agency Abergrowth, but you guys, uh, you know, obviously you're our loyal fan base and uh, you've stuck around with us for a while. So um, it's about time we return the favor, even though we always do. So um, if they say they didn't, get, they didn't get results or they got burned, that means one of two things. Number one, it means that the marketing agency or the marketer that they hired, and first of all, I'd find out what exactly that the difference is. Like, did they hire just an agency or did they hire some freelancer? What happened there, okay? And so the first option is they didn't get results because the agency or, or freelance that they hired did a really poor job. Like they either got them crappy leads, didn't get them enough leads, didn't do anything. I've had situations like that where prospects like, yeah, they took my money and uh, they just, I never heard from them again. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. So 
you need to figure out what happened there because that's the first thing. Or the second possibility is that the agency actually did a good job, which is possible for sure. The agency that they hired might've actually done a decent job, but they maybe didn't handle the leads properly. In which case you also need to find out what their follow-up and sales process is like for new leads that are coming in, okay? So again, guys, what we're doing here is we're not playing Jordan Belfort Actually, he's not that bad. <laughs> there are worse sales trainers than him. We're not playing like 1975 used car salesman and using some like witty, tricky line to like manipulate their subconscious. Not how it works, guys. What we're doing instead is getting a holistic perspective on the entire situation that they are facing right now and have faced in the past with this particular objection. So if they've got burned, again, find out what exactly that means. Did they hire some shady freelancer, right? Because the problem was either that they hired the wrong person for the job, that you know the agency that they hired didn't get results, maybe they weren't specialized in their niche, maybe they didn't have the case studies to back it up, whatever the case might've been, or they couldn't handle the leads properly, in which case you need to also know that because that's a client that you wanna run away from. It's not somebody that you actually would want to work with um, because if they can't handle leads and properly convert them and do new customers, it's gonna be a big problem for you. So then from there, once you've figured out, you know, why they got burned, then you need to help them realize that they didn't get burned because here's, here's the problem, right? Here, here's what like a prospect usually means when they say, well, I got burned. I don't know if I want to pay for marketing. What they're thinking is that marketing doesn't work, right? They think, well, I got burned once before. So this Facebook or this Google thing, it's probably bull crap, right? It probably just doesn't even work. And that is, the worst way they could possibly look at this because as we all know, all of us here as agencies, we all know that at some point, like this marketing stuff actually works. Like there are people out there in your industries that you're going after getting results and you gotta help them understand that it's not marketing that is, that is the problem here. Okay, so they got burned in the past for a reason. Help them understand that and help them move forward and move past it. Now, something else I like to also leverage on um, on sales calls with objections like this is analogies. I talk about this all the time. Um, I love using analogies, not to sound smart. That's literally not why I do it. Um, I do it because it makes things very, it makes concepts and, and um, things that you're trying to explain that could sometimes be a little confusing. It makes those things very easy for your prospects to wrap their head around. So for example, if somebody says, you know, the whole I got burned in the past thing, well, Mr. Prospect, if you got in a car accident, would you never drive again? Right? You know, it's like, it's the same idea. It's, you can't just ditch the whole marketing thing entirely because then you're not gonna grow your business. So you gotta help them understand those things. I love this one. What makes you different? Right, this is kind of like the second part of that last objection, um, which is again, what makes you different? Sorry, my freaking arm just fell off the chair. What makes you different than all the other agencies out there? Guys, I want to talk about where this objection stems from, where it originates from, right? So we're talking about what makes you different, right? As an agency, like why are you any different from the other ones out there? So first of all, part of this objection stems from a lack of trust, okay? Um, I talk about this all the time. A lot of objections, to be honest with you guys, <clears throat> comes from or come from rather you to some level not instilling enough trust in your prospects. Now, there's a multitude of things that go into uh, instilling trust and building authority that I don't have enough time to talk about on this live today, but just know that that could be a big reason why you're getting um, some objections on your calls. Now, 
if they say something like this, again, what makes you different? Honestly, the best way you can respond to something like this and what you don't want to do, which is again, what most agencies are doing, which is like, well, we have this like special process and we build great funnels and we have like amazing blah, 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 right? No, no, not at all. Okay. What makes you different, right? Well, Mr. Prospect, different from, from who? I, you know, I, I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't speak for the other agencies out there. I don't know what other agencies are doing or the ones that you've talked to or maybe dealt with in the past. All I can speak for and all I do know, Mr. Prospect, is what we're capable of, the results that we've gotten and the results that we can get for you if we were to work together. That's the only thing ultimately I can speak for. Now, I like to again, again, use an analogy, not so much analogy, but more so reversing it back onto the prospect. So if let's say they're a solar company or whatever, honestly, and somebody were to ask them, hey, what makes you different from you know the painter down the street or the other three painters? There's not a whole lot they can say because they can't really speak for those people, right? Unless they happen to be friendly with them, which would just be by chance. But for the most part, you know, they can only speak for what they know and what they are capable of doing. So again, as an agency, you can't speak for other people and nor should you, honestly. Um, all you can ultimately speak for is the results that you are capable of getting, right? So you have to explain that to your prospects. Now, again, there's little subtleties here. There, there's like intangibles in the way you deliver this, right? If you sit there and you're like, well, I can't speak for anybody else, right? Like if you say it that way, then that's not gonna be very convincing or very uh, compelling, I should say. You've gotta explain that to your prospects that you can't speak for other agencies and you're not going to because that would be foolish and quite amateurish of you to do that. So you can only speak for yourself. What other X? have you worked with? So this is a com pretty common one, um, especially for those of you that might be a little bit more new to the space. Okay, what other, you know, plumbing companies have you worked with, right? Um, now again, this stems 100% from a lack of trust. So if they are asking you this, then there's a lot of other issues you're having. Excuse me. For example, you're probably talking too fast um, there's like, we do in, in, in agency upgrowth, we do a lot of work with our clients on tonality, um, delivery of your statements. Right. Um, so again, there's probably an issue in the way you're actually speaking, communicating with your prospects, because if you guys just, you know, become aware of the little subtleties when you talk to people and even how you speak yourself, like, are there things or, or, or you know, little mannerisms that people have that make you not trust them. There probably are. There's probably people you've talked to and you get this, what we call vibe, right? You get this vibe of like, huh, I don't really trust that person. Something's a little up, something's a little shady, right? That like quote unquote vibe comes from different things, body language, right? Tonality, what they're actually saying. There's like things that go into this whole thing. So honestly, man, um, Eddie asked this question about, again, you know, how do you handle the, who have you worked with in the space? If you're getting that, there's probably other um, issues at play, to be honest with you. I have so many real estate listings now, so I don't know why I should pay you to help me. Um, it sounds to me like your prospects said that they have too much business right now and they don't, they don't see why they should pay you. So there's a few things that you could take into account there. Certain situations, it might just be as simple as, well, okay, I mean, 
if you have too much business, that's a good problem to have, then they probably wouldn't be on the phone with you in the first place, right? Um, so there's that. Now, if you're talking to somebody who's in a space where there's ups and downs, right? Like there's slow seasons and then there's like seasons where there's plenty of work, then you can also frame it as, well, if you're gonna go into a slow season, wouldn't you rather go into the slow season prepared with a full pipeline of leads to sell to instead of just going to the slow season being like everybody else and kind of just chalking it up and not making money for a few months, right? So it's almost like being a proactive solution to the slow season instead of letting them just like coast and not uh, increase their revenue. When asking for retainers, is it best to sell them maybe a low $1,000 per form and then ask for $5,000 or more? That's so, so situational. It really depends, man. Um, that's like, I, I can't, that's the last question I could probably give a blanket statement for, to be honest. I mean, it, yeah, it depends on so many things. Like what are the client's goals? What's, what are their budgets? Um, because right now the problem with that question is all you're thinking about is you. You're just thinking about what should I pitch them at? And instead you need to figure out and really understand, well, what do they actually need? What's gonna serve them best? What's gonna get them the most results so that they'll want to continue to be a client, right? So there's again, a bunch of different things that go into that. I don't have the money, I'm a small startup. That's a great, great question. So there's a couple of things that go into this. Number one, when a business, when a business says that they don't have money, Okay, 90% of the time, it is absolute bullshit. Okay, 90% of the time, when a business owner says that they don't have money for marketing to grow their business, it's almost always complete bullshit. Okay, so if they say that they don't have the money or it's not in the budget, again, this goes back to what I was saying before there's a very high chance that it's not that they don't have money, okay? Because any business can get money, whether it's getting a new line of credit, getting a loan, or going into the capital and dipping into the capital that they already have, the cash on hand that they have in the bank, right? There's funding sources all over the freaking place. Money is everywhere today, everywhere. So a business owner that says they don't have it is either really, really dumb and you probably should run away or there's a bigger problem at play here, okay? And most of the time, that's what it is. It's a bigger problem. And it's the fact that they don't trust you, okay? Or, and or, because it could be a multitude of things blended into one to make this whole mess of, a, of an objection. They don't see the value in which you offer, okay? They don't see why they need to invest in this. This is here, here's a bonus one. They also don't see why they need to invest in this now. There's no reason for them to move forward today instead of waiting three months and coming back to you, okay? There's so many possibilities, okay? And a lot of times, again, as I said, it's all of these things blended together, right? They don't trust you. They also don't see the value. They don't understand why they should buy this or, or invest into this rather, okay? So you need to fix those problems first, okay? That's number one. Number two, a lot of you guys that are getting money objections, right? Most of the people that I talk to, agencies that is, that are getting money objections, almost always have this one problem that nobody seems to notice or ever wanna fix. And that is their own subconscious limiting beliefs about money, okay? 
Most of you that are trying to sell $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 retainers have never invested even remotely close to that in your own business, in your agency, in yourself. But you want somebody else to do something that you've never done for yourself. Okay, there's an extreme level of incongruence there. And that's because you have these, these limiting beliefs that you then project outwardly onto your prospects. And a lot of times you don't even realize it. Okay, so as you can see guys, the money objection and the whole money thing is never as simple as, well, what's like one line I can use to just like flip the script on them. It's not like that guys at all, okay? Um, another big issue is you guys don't have an offer that is compelling enough. That I'm gonna be honest here, like this is not to shamelessly plug agency hypergrowth, but I'm gonna do it anyways. That's one of the biggest things we work on with our agency uh, partners and clients here is coming up with a unique selling proposition and an offer and crafting and packaging it up so that their prospects actually go, oh, this is like really what I need. Because that's the reaction that you want. That's the reaction that you want out of your prospects. It's like, oh, like I need this, right? That's the, that's the feeling, the emotional response that you're looking for. Whereas most of you are getting the emotional response of, eh, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the hell this is. I don't know why I need this. So I don't know, it's not in the budget. And we don't have the money. That's what they say to cover it up. Okay, guys. So there's my thoughts on the price issue and the whole money thing, okay? Because there's money everywhere. Um, now, another thing you could do is you could help your prospects um, see the value in leveraging credits. It's a whole nother thing we could talk about. We can make, honestly, a whole nother live for that. Uh, I like what you've shown me. This is from Brittany. I like what you've shown me, but I can't start until later slash next month slash next year, okay? So guys, here's another analogy that I love. I want you to imagine this scenario for a second, okay? You're at the hospital. You're sick relative or actually sibling, you're, let's say you've got a brother or a sister. They are extremely ill, okay? And the doctor comes out and tells you, the only way that they can survive is if we do this procedure. We have to conduct this surgery, otherwise they are going to die, okay? And they presented you with this option and the only way that they could do the surgery is with your approval. Because let's say you're the closest person to them. You have to approve the surgery. Question for you guys. And if you're in this situation, would you tell the doctor, you know what doc, I really just, I just need some time to think about it. I, I think I'm just gonna wait and, and think on it. Can I do that? Like, I'm just gonna go and do that. Would you guys do that? Let me know, would you guys say that to the doctor if you were in that situation. Hell no, exactly, Blake. Absolutely freaking not, okay? Why? Because you have an insane level of urgency. Honestly, what would probably happen is before the doctor could even finish their sentence, you'd be like, yes, 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 please just do it. Like, let's just do it. Like, I don't even wanna hear anything, let's just go. Okay, that insane level of urgency. That level of urgency, that do or die feeling, 
of I must do this, I cannot walk away from this, is exactly what is missing from all of your guys' sales conversations. That is exactly why your prospects say, I need to think about it. I need a month. We can do this in three months. We can do this next year. It's not urgent or important enough for them to do it now, today. Okay, so if you're not able to instill this sense of urgency and help them see that the problems that they're facing right now are so grave and they must fix this now, if they wanna solve these problems, then you will continue to get hit with objections like that. That is literally exactly why you run into those types of objections. They don't see why they need to, to actually do this thing with you today, okay? Uh, this all sounds great. I think if you could show me some ads you're working on right now for some clients, we could get the ball rolling. Love that one. Love that one. Guys, if you're getting something like this, again, this all stems back. It all stems back to them not trusting you. They essentially, when they say something like this, they essentially do not trust you as far as they can throw you, which is very, not very far at all, okay? So they don't trust you at all, okay? Now, another problem with this is, and you have to explain this to your prospects, which is the fact that everything you do, whether it's ads or websites, whatever it is, is all custom built to their particular uh, situation and their particular needs. So them or, or you sending them, even if you have other work to show, it's not gonna do them any good because it's all custom built, okay? Um, you can also explain to them that you have NDAs that you sign with all your clients so you cannot just show their stuff out to the world to see and hang it out to dry. Right, you can't just do that. Think of it as like a doctor or a lawyer. They can't just go and talk to the local deli shop owner down the street about the case they're working on. They just can't. Um, so there's a few ways to go about maneuvering that. Um, but again, ultimately, they don't trust you. So you learn how to instill trust, build authority, build rapport. Um, now, when I say build rapport, that does not mean talk about the weather for 15 minutes. Okay, that's not rapport. Um, if you can build those things, you will stop having a lot of objections. Can I see your website? Oh man, that's a common one. That is probably the most textbook objection for them not trusting you. They just don't trust you. Now, a lot of um, quote unquote agency gurus and coaches right now are saying, well, you can get clients without a website, without this, without that. And here's the thing. I got clients in the beginning with no website and no case studies and nothing at all. But that doesn't mean that's the best way to go about doing it. So the easiest way to not have the objection of do you have a website come up is get a freaking website. Just get a website. It's not that complicated, right? And it doesn't have to be. So dude, and anybody else that ever runs into this at all, just get a website. Credibility, um, just yeah, just get it. Okay, how about let me speak to my partner? Um, after taking 30 minutes, this is, or talking for 30 minutes, this is what I get. Ah, oh, dude, love this one. Love this one because it's so much easier to work through than people think. So the greatest way to handle the partner objection, in my opinion, is 
to actually structure your sales calls in a way where they don't, that, that objection never actually comes up, right? It's like diffuse the bomb before it ever explodes, as we like to say. So how can you prevent the partner objection from coming up? How do you do that? Well, very simple. You ask them, is there anybody else that would be involved in making a decision like this? Do you have a business partner, maybe a spouse, um, anybody else who would need to be on this call? And all you do is get them on the call, right? So what you don't want to do is go through your entire sales process, whatever that is for you guys. And then at the end, as Peter said, after 30 minutes of talking, then it's like, oh, I got to run this by the partner, right? You could have avoided that whole thing by just getting them on the call in the first place. So just always remember to make sure to get every single person on the call that needs to be on there, whether it's two other business partners, a business advisor, whatever it is, simply ask them who else needs to be on this conversation. And then if they're like, well, nobody, and you're like, well, are you sure? Like, is there a business partner that you have? Do you have X, do you have Y, maybe a spouse, whatever. And then just get them on the call. Oops, simple as that, okay? Um, then you won't have that objection come up because then there will be nobody else for them to talk to because they're on the call with you. So I think that's really it. I hope this helped you guys really do. If you have any other objections you'd like me to uh, handle or help you handle, um, you're just gonna have to wait till the next live comes out. And yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Keep trucking, keep pushing. Peace. Hey, what's going on guys? This is Aaron from the Hyper Growth Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now, if you got any sort of value or learned anything in today's episode, the education doesn't stop here. You can check out our exclusive Facebook group by clicking the link in the show notes or search Six Figures on LinkedIn over on Facebook. Also, we'd really appreciate any feedback or reviews on your favorite podcast listening app. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Anchor, so whichever one works best for you. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Time.